This is a Federal News Network podcast. The FCC has been busy for the last several years. Now longtime chairman Ajit Pai is getting ready to take his exit. For an assessment and what might lie ahead, we turn to Commissioner Brendan Carr. Brendan, good to have you back. Uh, Great to join you. Thanks. Now, with Ajit Pai leaving and, of course, a new Democratic administration coming in, things could change. I wanted to ask you what your outlook is for the idea of net neutrality, which had gained a lot of currency during the Obama administration. But Chairman Pai, I think, and, you know, backed by the current administration, kind of put that one to rest. Could it rear its ugly head again? Well, as you noted, our chairman, Ajit Pai, recently announced that he'll be stepping down, leaving the FCC come January 20th. I want to start by just thanking him and expressing my gratitude for his public service. I think his time at the FCC will go down as having been a really remarkable leader in leaving behind a long list of accomplishments, including helping to secure U.S. leadership in 5G. But as you noted, he'll be leaving and there'll be some additional people coming onto the commission uh, appointed by a President Biden. And to your point, I think they're going to prioritize some pretty damaging policies. You know, a lot of people in D.C. have been looking at the balance of power in Congress and people assuming that Republicans will retain control of the Senate and therefore thinking that a lot of the harmful progressive policies won't be able to get enacted into law. But that overlooks, as you pointed out, the role that agencies could play. And I think a a Biden uh, administration would look to push a progressive agenda through the administrative agencies, including the FCC, where I'll be staying around. And as you noted, quote unquote, net neutrality, which is really just socialism in sheep's clothing, will probably be at the top of their agenda. And if anybody remembers from two years ago when we repealed the Obama-Biden era uh, net neutrality rules, it was predicted to be the end of the Internet. And far from that. Internet speeds are up. More Americans are connected than ever before. And we've re-secured U.S. leadership in this space. Just review for us. Net neutrality would have regulated the Internet using the 1930s regulations that apply to broadcasters and railroads and so on. Yeah, it goes back to Title II, which is designed to regulate monopolies. So the entire purpose of Title II, as applied today, would be to displace private sector competition and replace it with the heavy hand of government regulation. And that brings with it, you know, price controls and all kinds of other regulations that made sense when you had one service provider. But if what we want is competition, if we want more choice for internet services, then heavily regulating the sector is going to move us in the wrong direction. Just think about what we went through with the COVID-19 pandemic. So much of our lives shifted onto the internet almost overnight. And the Internet in the U.S. withstood the sudden surge in demand because we had this light touch framework that incentivized massive investments in our network, unlike the investments you see in more heavily regulated parts of the world, including Europe. Now, one area in which I would say Republicans and Democrats agree is that the digital divide needs to be constantly tended to so that it's eventually overcome. I know that was uh, Chairman Pai's attitude toward the digital divide. What do you see ahead in that particular effort? We've made really great strides over the past few years in closing that digital divide. It narrowed by, you know, different estimates, 30 percent or more just in the last couple of years, which is really significant progress. And that's why I think if we go back to the sort of dated approach of regulating the internet as a utility, it's going to be heading us in the wrong direction. 
The other key policy that Chairman Pai pushed across the finish line was we finally showed the strength and resolve needed to stand up to communist China. We've taken concrete steps to prohibit subsidized Huawei and ZTE gear from going into the U.S. network. And there's been some concerning trends I've seen that some people looking to advise the incoming Biden administration saying that there should be a reset with China. I think any backsliding on the progress we've made there would be a a monumental mistake. We're speaking with Brendan Carr, a commissioner at the FCC. And just to some more mundane matters, I see just days ago the FCC selected SomosGov as the next telephone number administrator. I'm not sure people know there is a telephone number administrator. What is it and what does it do? Well, we have a lot going on in in that space. You know, there are different entities that the FCC ultimately contracts with to provide different services, whether it's provisioning, you know, telephone numbers, providing all sorts of call connection services. So this would be another entity that a lot of people don't know about that's going to help make sure that the telephone and telecom networks continue to function. Yes, because, I mean, the uh, POTS or the plain old telephone service, that's going to continue for some number of years ahead, even though the world is moving toward all of wireless. What do you see ahead in the 5G development? I mean, that's, again, sort of midlife at this point with all of the major carriers at least touting their 5G networks. Not sure how much is really there there. But what's ahead? Yeah, the U.S. is in really good shape. Again, you know, if you look back sort of 2016, 2017, there was a real serious risk that U.S. leadership was going to be overtaken by China or other countries when it comes to 5G. But we moved very aggressively at the FCC. We pushed more spectrum out there, which is what you need for 5G. We cut red tape that was slowing down Internet builds. And now 5G is live in hundreds of communities across the U.S. Carriers are rolling out nationwide 5G offerings right now. So we're in, in good shape. We've got to keep the pedal down, though. We're, we're not at the finish line yet. You know, for us, it's going to be we need to see every single community in this country get 5G. And we've made some great progress. And I hope there's no backsliding in terms of making it easier for providers to build out and, and reach Americans. Yeah, well, let's hope even 4G gets everywhere you go now, because sometimes you run out of that even today. And what about what's the future? What do you see in activity coming for the traditional FCC area of AMFM radio. You know, the future is bright. We actually recently voted on a decision that would allow FM broadcasters to what we call geo-target. So right now, you have a pretty big signal contour that covers, you know, multiple communities, and each of them get the exact same content. Well, there's some new technologies that might allow you to target content or target, you know, relevant advertising to subsets of that signal contour And it's really a progression of what we see in lots of other technologies, right? So 5G is about how do we deliver content right to the consumer that they want. We're seeing it with broadcast television. There's a new standard that lets you target content to individual homes. And so now we're seeing that push into the FM band as well. I think that's a good sign. So in other words, news could be tailored to where the signal is going. That's right. And I think it's great because we've seen for a long time, uh, broadcasters have had a tough time in this country. There's been this rise of competition, obviously, from big tech. A lot of the ad dollars have shifted from broadcasting to the Internet, and that's undermined the business model for a lot of broadcasters. This may be an opportunity to give broadcasters a bit more of a fighting chance to compete against some of those other uh, types of entities. And I think when we first spoke or when I first joined in this whole business about 13 years ago, there was an effort to revitalize AM, a personal interest of mine. Did that ever go anywhere or is that still alive? 
that's one of the great efforts that Chairman Pai has made. He's someone that grew up in Parsons, Kansas. He has that uh, love of radio, including AM radio, for a long time since before he became chairman. So he did get a couple of initiatives across the finish line to address the challenges that broadcasters have faced in the AM band. All right. And uh, just give us a brief view of what it's like working. I mean, there are Republican-appointed and Democratic appointed members of the FCC. Some of them are going to be around also from the other party. I mean, in general, is it safe to say that the areas of disagreement are specific, but pretty much the areas where the FCC is of one tend to be the more numerous issues? The vast majority of what we do, obviously, is is unanimous and bipartisan. And one area we've seen a lot of progress on recently is telehealth. So particularly with COVID-19, a lot of people haven't wanted to go physically to a brick-and-mortar healthcare facility, understandably so. So we've seen a massive uptake in telehealth, people visiting doctors remotely, video visits from their smartphones, and we've taken on an active role to support the expansion of telehealth. And we've done that, obviously, at the FCC on a bipartisan basis. And that's one area where I think you're going to continue to see the FCC making really good moves, you know, regardless of who the chair is come January or February. Brendan Carr is commissioner of the FCC. As always, thanks so much for joining me. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. Several attempts to try and interview Jessica Rosenworcel, one of the Democratic members of the FCC, were not returned. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your wireless device. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. Whether in person or remote, open communication with your doctor is key to managing any condition, including heart failure. How have you been feeling? Um, I'm okay. Both are great options to continue having open conversations with your doctor about how you're feeling. I've had less energy. And when you speak openly with your doctor, they're better equipped to help. Visit HeartFailureTalks.com to learn more. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.